0: Climbed up to Happy Friday, happy Friday Thanks for tuning in, thanks for telling the friend that you hang out on the other side of Texas I'm your host, Jay West, Texas Lisa, across the way, little sister Lauren Huff Making things work, how are you doing today, little sister?
1: Doing pretty good, I'm glad it's Friday I'm having a going away party tonight
0: yeah, you're like a week away from leaving. Have you addressed this audience on your departure? I have not. This Would is the first like time. Would you like to I've take a moment?
1: Uh yeah, sure. I mean, so uh I really appreciate you guys you know tuning in and listening to me. I, I know I don't tune in or like chime in that much, but it's really been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. Um but yeah, I'm moving to Dallas. Maybe get on the radio someday there. I don't know. We'll see. My dream job is to be a news anchor.
0: You going to work for a TV station? No, so <laughs> I'm actually, actually going you're to work. I to do, but I'm trying to bring the. Audience okay, in, so, so
1: I'm actually see. going to work for a marketing firm um, in Dallas. I'm not going to say the name. Okay. Because I'm deciding between two.
0: Oh, we got <laughs> options. So,
1: um, I'm deciding between between two. I've, I've got to let them know pretty soon though.
0: Well, we're going to be sad to see you go.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I'll find a way. I'll find a way to make a way. To make it without you. (laughs) Hey, uh, we are broadcasting in studios where Buddy Holly became famous. I guess we're on countdown now with little sister. We're going to decide. Maybe we'll let them know on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. Final day. And uh, we do have, also in studio with us, Mr. Curtis Parrish. I'm I'm just going to go ahead and call you county judge-elect. Is that okay? (laughs) Well, I... You know, as long as you don't call
2: me late for dinner. Well, it, that, no.
0: But you don't have a
2: Democratic opponent,
0: so now you're going to just cram for the next six months, drink out of a fire hose, and get prepared? Well,
2: and, and that is that is the nice thing. You know, it, with, with an opponent in November, you know, you're, you're still trying to get elected, and then you're really drinking from the fire hose uh, between November and January 1st. Uh, I'm blessed enough that that following this uh, runoff election on Tuesday, uh, I've got seven months to to really get ready. And and in that seven months, I mean, we're we're going to do things like uh, uh, we've got the county budget; we'll be going on budget hearings, and and things will be going on over the summer. Uh, this will this will give me plenty of time to uh, to uh, really be ready to go, so that on come January first, we can hit the ground running.
0: So let me just reset. Curtis Parish won a big race, the Republican runoff. So let's let's start with what you owe, and then. So are you going to like pull a chair into these meetings and like kind of sit by the table? Are you well, going to
2: nudge Tom head over and say, "Hey, listen, no. <laughs> let
0: me let me have your binder." Well, un-
2: understand that that these are meetings that are open to the public anyway. Yeah, I've been. Uh, yeah, none. Some none, of them are super boring. Well, they are, but they're super important too, Jay. And and so, it, it, I'm going to serve as Lubbock County Judge, and so I I definitely want to uh, get a handle on where the where this current Commissioners Court is leading us in the next uh, budget cycle in, in in seventeen and or in eighteen and nineteen budget cycle uh, when I do take over on, on January first. This will this will be my budget and so i really do want to uh at least get a handle on uh, what the commissioners are are going to be spending uh, our taxpayer dollars on Uh, so we'll be monitoring what they're doing very very carefully and very closely and in in the meantime uh just building relationships with uh, other uh, there's 39 departments in lubbock county and so this is a great opportunity to also start building those relationships understanding uh who runs those departments and what their role in in serving the people of lubbock county
0: okay so there's the administrative side there's with oversight of departments and to the extent that you oversee various departments there's the budget but i'm going to say this to you curtis it seems to me from the outside looking in the greatest test that you have going in And perhaps the greatest test for others, with you coming in, is a political situation. And I want to, I was thinking about how to frame this and lead off. Doris Kearns Goodwin, team of rivals, Mm -hmm. writes about Abraham Lincoln. And when asked, of course he brought all his rivals to the table, ran against them in that Republican nomination. But when asked what he would do with the South, when the Civil War came to a close, and I'm going to paraphrase, Lincoln said... I will treat them as though they were never gone. I will welcome them back in and treat them as though they were never gone. You had a lot of brass at the county level line up against you in that election. County Sheriff Kelly Rowe at the top. And then the two Republican nominees to the commissioner court, many believe will win in November, signed on to newsletters and were in places in media saying that your opponent was the only conservative in the race which led to a lot of fodder within the lubbock county republican party and a lot of the very very active members to actively run against you forget the party what i'm asking about are jason corley chad c but mostly kelly Rowe and then the tax successor collector as well
2: ronnie keister
0: yeah yes. So, what's, what's that conversation look like with Rowe and Keister? Will there be a con- has there been a conversation?
2: Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, following the election, I, I've, I've, I've had conversations with both uh, the sheriff. I've, I've, had, I've had conversations with both uh, Jason Corley and with Chad C. And, 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 and here's, here's the thing, Jay. Uh, I, I understand the political process. And and I understand campaigning. Uh, there's a huge difference between campaigning and governing. Uh, when you govern, there is. I wish
0: I'd had the news flash there, because we talk about Texas politics, and there doesn't ever really seem to be that. Well, much of a difference.
2: there there is, and so my philosophy is: I will work with anyone who works for the betterment of the citizens of Lubbock County. Uh, Sheriff Kelly Rowe has has served and is serving admirably and honorably as a sheriff and I do believe he has the best interests of the citizens of Lubbock County at heart everything that he does is done for their public safety uh, to to keep all the citizens of Lubbock County safe and secure in their homes and I have no problem no qualms whatsoever in partnering and teaming with him, because of because I know that he has the best interests of Lubbock County at heart, and and, and, and I, that and that holds for for any any department head, anybody who serves Lubbock County, we serve together. And if you are if you want to get on my bad side, make what you're doing not about the citizens of Lubbock County, but make it about yourself, or make it about the your selfish ambition. We are here to serve. The Lubbock County Judge serves the people of Lubbock County, and that is, I will offer that right hand of fellowship and partnership to anyone who stands with me to serve the people of Lubbock County.
0: Okay, well, there's some news, and I appreciate your candor, and I think that that would be what I would hope the new county judge, the foot with which he leads. But I will say, and you don't have to comment here, but... Whenever it comes to the citizens' interest in a community, I really take issue with current elected officials stepping into that fray and risking, through campaign politics, leverage in governing by picking the wrong congressman, putting your name out there, the wrong candidate for Congress, and then the judge as well. And I think it's affirming to some people to hear you lead with
2: that county judge-elect. Well, uh, that's that's exactly what I believe. Uh, you know, I, I ran for this position because uh, I want to serve the people of Lubbock County. Uh, and as county judge, you are the, the leader of the of the county. You are the voice uh, for the county. Uh, you're the presiding officer of the commissioner's court. Uh, we, we will have two new county commissioners coming in in January. And and so, as county judge, my job is to work with those commissioners, new, old, brand new, or those who have been in office for many years, doesn't matter. We work together and and things work well when you do work together. and And I think the citizens of Lubbock deserve that. That's what we need. We don't need factions that go on uh, within the within the commissioner's court. I, I We've seen it happen at City hall. And we've seen what happens when, when those in the dais can't even be civil to one another. That will not happen. Uh, Judge Curtis Parrish will not allow that to happen in the commissioner's court. Well, there will always be um, decorum, and we will always be working together. And again, I'll go back to that, and I, I, I don't know how to reiterate it anymore. If you are working for the betterment of the citizens of Lubbock County, I will work with you.
0: Hmm. Okay. So I'm still struggling with the term. Just county judge elect is what I'm going to go with here.
2: All right. Well, if you want to get technical, Jay, I, I am the Republican nominee for Lubbock County Judge. Okay. You're the Republican nominee for a county judge
0: without a Democratic opponent. So you are the county judge to be. So I'm going with judge elect.
2: Well, the, the nice thing but is, if I get one vote in November, uh, then then I'll be the county judge elect. So, uh, listen, <laughs> we we need that one vote.
0: Yeah. Well. <laughs>
2: no, it maybe, it, maybe it, your it family it, likes you enough. It it is an honor and a privilege. Um, you know, yeah. tu- Tuesday was was a was a great day. So. And and we it was a it was it was fantastic the entire day we were out. Uh, we were meeting folks. We were uh, working some of our election polls, some of the voting but centers. But were
0: you surprised? Were you surprised that you pulled it off by six, eight points? What was it?
2: Uh, it was about eight and a half.
0: Yeah. Were you surprised? Did you wake up that morning expecting to win?
2: Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, you when, when, when we started this campaign, and, and remember, Jay, we, we announced back in October. It was seven months ago when we announced for county judge and of course you you have to set a lot of things in motion prior to your announcement Uh, so we've been working really steadily on this campaign for about two years uh and then if you think about uh when once we started campaigning we campaigned we campaigned in the fall and in the winter and in the spring and now in the summer we have campaigned all four seasons here in west texas Mm -hmm. and and so we knew that uh, following the, uh, the, the primary election uh, back in March, uh, we knew that, that we were in second place. I mean, the, the numbers showed that. Uh, but we also knew that, that if we worked hard, if we stayed on message, and we had a great campaign team, oh, my goodness. So probably the greatest collection of, of people who were dedicated to this to this one ideal, and and that is uh, to elect Curtis Parrish for Lubbock County Judge, and and we, uh, we, Kim we, Davis. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do a shout out to Kim Davis. She's a great friend, and she she put together uh, our our campaign team. Uh, when when we formulated the message, uh, she kept us on message. Kept uh, you know this this idea of how do you campaign. We we knew what we wanted to do, but now we needed to know how to do it. And our, and our leader Kim really really set that calendar and set that in motion. And I would not be here today if it were not for her. And and no miscommunication. She was incredible. Plus our entire campaign, our creative team was amazing. Our our, our and, and of course my family was just one hundred percent. Let me stop you there because the big question
0: a lot of people have is, will you be behind the PA? in Jones Stadium. So the Republican nominee for county judge without a democratic opponent in the in the general is Curtis Parrish. He is here with us on other side of Texas and the big question some people may not know this if they haven't I don't know where they've been <laughs> uh, but you are the PA voice at Texas Tech football games and you're going to keep that gig and do the judge gig
2: yeah, um the yeah, I've been I've been the PA announcer for Tech football for 18 seasons. Uh this upcoming season will be my 19th. Uh yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a great job and it's fun. Uh Texas Tech likes me doing it and I like doing it. And so there's no reason uh not to continue doing it. So it will continue. Absolutely.
0: All right. Okay, so what are you th- excited about that? Well, yeah, yeah, I, guns I, up. Man. I wanted to ask. Good. Uh, the I'm really glad that they fixed the audio in the stadium <laughs> because I tell you what, ten years ago that was a hard listen.
2: Well, yeah, little- there there has been a lot of upgrades to the same. I, I tell you, Jones AT and T Stadium is is one of the premier places now to go. Uh, watch a football game. You think about the upgrades that Kirby Hokut and that athletic department has put into that stadium and it is glorious. It is it is a, a you know there's 60,000 people that can fit there and and you know it it's not one of these, you know, 100,000 plus stadiums, but it is a beautiful stadium. And and it it's a great place to watch football and and the crowds are are, are always engaged, loud. Um I know opposing teams do not like to come to Lubbock to play football and and I have no problem. Well, with that. let's get back to complaining about how the audio used to be.
0: And, <laughs> I mean really Mash the Mash unit had better speakers than than Jones Stadium used to have. Yes, and it used was to. painful to sit but, underneath those things. But but
2: again, uh it was uh, like Civil Defense air raid under Kirby Holcutt, under Kirby Hocutt's program. leadership uh Texas Tech athletics, top to bottom, not just football. Yeah, top to bottom, uh, is, is one of the more, I, I would say, one of the premier uh, athletic departments in the United States. And and I, I don't say that just because I'm a Texas Tech grad. And you know, I, I I I truly believe that. I've been to a lot of stadiums. I've seen a lot of uh, athletic programs all over the nation. Texas Tech is doing it great. Okay, and and, and I'm and I'm honored just to be a, a small part of that. Well, going
0: back then to Tuesday night and what's in front of us, what are some issues that you, you know, I've talked with different people about what a county judge does, and it varies. Each county, there are are three or four things that every county judge in Texas does, and then there's a great deal of latitude with what they do from there what they well, get involved re-
2: remember the job
0: description
2: of county judge is set by the Texas legislature uh so you can go to the statutes and you can see what the job of Lubbock county judge is uh if 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 we were in a county that was under 3000 for instance our population was under 3000 the county judge also serves as the superintendent of the school so, depending on which county of our, of our 254 counties on the other side of Texas, Jay, mm-hmm. is, is many different roles that the county judge plays depending on uh, which county you're in. in. In the top 10 counties in Texas, uh, those, those counties have what's called statutory probate courts. So, what they've done is they have split the job, they've split the duty of county judge uh, and and the county judge in those counties operates purely as an administrative judge, while the judicial role is taken on by another judge. That's for the top ten counties. In Lubbock County, the job of Lubbock County judge is you are the court of original jurisdiction for all probates, all guardianships, and all mental health cases. Plus, you are, as we talked about, those, those small handful of roles that are, that are unique to all county judges. Uh, you're a head of emergency management. Uh, you are also the presiding officer of the commissioners court. You are also uh, the election. You're basically the elections chief. All all elections are called by and run through the county judge. So so there are uh, several different administrative duties that that are common to all county judges. But the job description of Lubbock County Judge is set by the Texas Legislature.
0: Okay, but when I. Was, what i'm alluding to there is that judges have the opportunity if they see fit to get involved especially in smaller counties to really become active with economic development opportunities uh, to try to drive those entities and recruit business or they can get involved in you know if they want to be ideologues they can do that too and get involved throughout the county and in surrounding counties politically if they want to and and you did campaign constantly on your law pedigree and that you would you utilize that within the office are there other things that you see on the horizon where you may stand and take a voice politically within the county
2: well and i think it's jay something that you alluded to even earlier when you said that most people don't know what the county judge does and and i would say prior to this election cycle you could probably go talk to 1,000 people and 999 would have no idea what the county judge does.
0: they think that you are Judge Wapner coming and, in and, and throwing the gavel now. And
2: And I will say, though, after this election, I, I would say that number has fallen dramatically, that, that now I think people are understanding uh, the role, the job of Lubbock County Judge and how the Lubbock County Judge works and fits within county government. I think this election has really done a great job public service to people in, in, in raising the awareness of what the Lubbock County judge does. And, um, you know, I, I, give, I give credit to my opponents uh, who, who ran, both, both Gary Boren and Karen Gibson, when we, when we started this campaign last year. Uh, by, by, by running, we actually raised quite a bit of awareness about the role of county judge and the role of county government in general. Uh, a very important, and and how county government works. Uh, I I got a little political hay by saying county government, in my opinion, is one of the better forms of government that we have out there. I'm not saying we, we do everything right, but county government works, and and providing those core services to the people of Lubbock County and public safety and roads and maintenance and uh, roads and infrastructure, uh, and and the judicial. Uh, the justice system uh, of our county is run through the county government and those are our core values those are the core things that we do and we do those very very well. So will there be a couple of political initiatives
0: that you take up? Uh,
2: Well you know I think one of the one of the things that 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 we will do coming into office is is being able to look at all of the the functions of county government with new eyes you know there are 39 departments in in lubbock county and so it's going to be very important uh, not just for myself but but for the two new incoming commissioners to be able to to look at what we do and how we do county government and one of the things that um that i'm always concerned about you know i live in the county Uh, I, i i my residence is outside the city limits we we actually live in the county so so, sheriffs' protection is very important to me. Uh, rural firefighters are very important to me. Uh, EM, seeing that EMS services are, are for our whole county and not just really focused on, on our urban areas. So, I, I want to make sure that, that we are doing county government right. And sometimes if you just take a, a fresh look at things, um, I, th- I think we've got the ability, first of all, to sit down with all of our folks and say tell me how you're doing government tell me what works how are you serving the people of lubbock county and 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 i think in public sir in in public safety that should be our very first and number one priority
0: yeah and i wonder let's talk texas politics for just a moment yeah okay something that's going to be big on the horizon here Republican nominee for county judge, without a Democratic opponent, Curtis Paris, joining us here. If you're just tuning in,
2: good afternoon.
0: the 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 talk is going to become as January comes around. The conversation is going to turn to. We call it guys who mess around with state politics all the time. Call it appraisal caps. You call it ad valorem caps. But that's going to be the conversation. Are we going to set that at two point five? Before you go beyond 2.5, you have to have a rollback rate election. And I think that that's what the governor, even though the governor isn't supposed to pass laws, he can certainly push for laws to be passed. And whenever you're talking about depending on rural first responders, they're going to look at that 2.5 and say we could get crushed in a bad crop year if this drought continues. We'll go. We'll have to go beyond 2.5, and we'll be having rollback rate elections for the next three years.
2: Well, and, and Jay, that that's that's really just it. I mean, when when a governmental entity, if if the governor's initiative, let's say, comes to fruition, uh, and and that cap rate is is currently at about eight uh, percent. If you remember, you know, the Senate wanted to drop it to 4%. The House had come back at 5%. They couldn't compromise, Mm -hmm. so nothing happened. Uh, But but I really do want to focus on the other part of the governor's initiative, and that is no more unfunded mandates. And I tell you, as county judge, I will absolutely 100% back the governor on this one, and and he will have my full-throated support for for the elimination of unfunded mandates. Those hurt the people of Lubbock County more than anything. It's it's these, these state edicts and telling you what to do, but not giving you any funding mechanism to take care of that. And indigent so that burden defense. falls falls straight on the people of Lubbock give County. Us,
0: give us about three of those that are on the top of your head. I mean, I'm thinking indigent defense, indigent uh, taking care of them, paying for the jailhouse space for them. What else?
2: Well, it, it, things like uh, e- even at, at, at healthcare, for- care, forcing, forcing counties to, to carry a, a certain level of health care because the state has to deal then with the federal government, who also is notorious about unfunded mandates as well. And so there is a trickle-down effect that comes in from Washington to Austin uh, to the Lubbock County Courthouse. And so if the governor wants to block that trickle, and and keep that from from really affecting us at the local level Uh he's got my full-throated support on that uh one of the things i I know that happened uh i've not
0: heard that extension i've I've not heard him articulate the unfunded mandates well that's
2: that was part of his 2.5 percent proposal Mm -hmm. putting that 2.5 percent proposal and eliminating unfunded mandates uh well, there, there's one in particular I know that came up during the legislative session, and and on the surface it sounds somewhat reasonable, but but right now in Texas, a 17-year-old who commits a crime is deemed an adult in the in the in the system. 17, you're an adult. Um, there are many around the state that think that that that's. Not right that you're not an adult till you're 18. So our criminal justice system needs to reflect that. If we were to change that, just 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 raise that from 17 to 18, we would have such a huge influx in our juvenile justice system that that just that just that alone would probably cost Lubbock County between five and six million dollars. No. Yeah. So That's it's it, it, so th- this is. There's a variety of points, Jay. I mean, we can talk about indigent health care. We can talk about other things like that. But the bottom line is when the state makes these edicts, when they say you must do this and they don't give you the funding mechanism for it, that has to stop. And and the governor seems to step up and want to be a, a strong proponent of, of stopping the unfunded mandates to our local government.
0: And also carving out. Uh, the talk is that there will be a carve-out for Smaller counties, essentially all the counties surrounding Lubbock County. And I hear from guys who say, well, that's just the camel's nose under the tent because there are other things that are underway as well. There are people, there are representatives in Denton, like Ron Simmons, uh, House member Ron Simmons, wanting to rewrite the transportation formula in Texas, thinking that it leans too heavily to the rural. And even though Lubbock's turned into the rural metropolis, it's still rural. And a rewriting of the formula like that would be, I don't know what the cost would be. I don't know what it the could, impact it could, it could
2: be devastating for us out here in West Texas. And, and especially and the say, roads that lead into the hub city. As, as county judge, though, as Lubbock County Judge... Um and maybe here's 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 the wrap up to all of this question. My first and number one priority is to the people of Lubbock County. I, I do have a, a bigger view of, of West Texas. I, I'm a West Texan and, and and I do believe that what's good for West Texas is also good for Lubbock County. But my first priority and first and number one priority is to the people of Lubbock County. No. And so if if there's a carve out for Lynn County or for Parmer County, or, or any of the other counties, uh, Motley County, any of these other counties, you know, I I would say that's kind of that's why we have a state senator that represents 51 counties, and and I I represent Lubbock County, mm-hmm. and so Lubbock County to me is is paramount and needs my my full and complete you know, attention.
0: And I I'm going back to, you know, we cover rural issues in the sh- yesterday's show was all almost rural even though we entered with a national monologue but i also know the numbers and it's 35 35 to 40 cents of every tax revenue dollar in lubbock is brought in from outside of lubbock right so yeah because we are a hub city for a very good reason a and, and for many fate, reasons uh, what i'm laying out there is a mutual fate that people can say well there's a cattle guard around lubbock county a square cattle guard and none of those problems can come in here but i'd argue differently oh yeah and say yeah there's quite an impact
2: yeah you out. we we don't live in a vacuum my my goodness jay of course we don't uh and and i and i know the as county judge too uh it will be it will be part of my representation of lubbock county to partner with our our other communities uh, amarillo midland odessa mm-hmm. uh you know or potter county randall county and and then uh and then midland and ector county to be able to partner with with our west texas partners to work for the betterment of west texas but if it is in contrast if it if if it is if it is anti-lubbock county it won't have my support uh because because my first and number one priority is lubbock county so what we're going to do here is we're going to use The new judge to be judge. We're going to have a headline
0: contest. Brandon Darby's going to call in. Brandon Darby is the managing editor of Breitbart, Texas, and breaking news Millie the Milk Cow is in labor. Brandon Darby, you okay? You got your gloves on? I'm doing fine. The only problem I have is I thought she was in labor a whole bunch of times.
3: This is my first time doing it. And the only reason I think she is now is because she's acting very different. and because an elderly neighbor um, who has always raised cattle came over and said, Hey, your cow's in labor. So that's what got me thinking she actually is this time.
0: Okay. Well, I'm on my way out after the show. I'll just stay. Sounds like a plan. I'll, I'll bring some iced tea and maybe a six pack and just sit there and watch you do it. <laughs> That sounds, no, like sounds, a, sounds like a plant. Like I have season. beans. I made beans and cornbread. Yeah. I was talking to Darby yesterday and he was talking about his pinto beans and he kept on taking a bite of his beans while we were talking. Every time he did it, he'd groan. Mmm. Mmm You <laughs> sound like Millie, buddy.
2: You, and so, do you put, you put a little chow chow in that?
0: In your in your beer? No, I um I just used
3: uh, Pinto beans and uh soft pepper, uh hand meat bacon right? grease and then and your handover I know it sounds strange but no, it's no, still no. good no no strange then, at all and then some uh, chicken uh, chicken bouillon hey, it tastes uh, really good and everyone nice. says it's so good what you put in there I won't tell them about the chicken bouillon
0: well you just told them. yeah, yeah now now we know so it's out yeah hey, but uh, none of my family
3: listens to the show so okay, okay.
0: alright well and maybe I need to work on your family a little bit by the way Brandon Darby managing editor of Breitbart Texas you are speaking with the Republican nominee for Lubbock County Judge who does not have a Democratic opponent, Curtis Parrish. Good afternoon, Brandon. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Thank you. And he's also the PA voice at Jones Stadium. So, first... Yeah, that's, red, he right have right. a good voice. But yes. yeah. So, we're going to play the headline game, Darby. Ready? No,
3: I'm going to point something out. Hold on. I'm going to point out that you've had time to ruminate on these headlines and I have not.
0: This is a lot like This is a lot like Michael Jordan complaining that the junior high kids been out there shooting free throws all afternoon ready for him to come. This is your bag. This is what you do. If you want to draw, that's my bag. You want to write long form, maybe I'll go head to head with you in that too. But this is your deal, Brandon Darby, so I do not take I do not apologize that I've had time to see what's on the docket. Let's
2: go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, since I've been uh, coerced into reading these, here we go. No, you're the judge. Yeah, that's true. I'm the judge. All right, here we go. Uh, first, uh, first story. Sure, it's bigger, maybe a little cooler, and then there's a whole coastline thing, but the latest census data shows California has nothing on Texas when it comes to both job and population growth. As Forbes reports, while California is 40% more populous than Texas, it generated 356,000 jobs in the past year. Texas generated a comparable 332,000 jobs. That strong job growth goes hand-in-hand with Texas strong population growth. At 12.6% rate of growth since the 2010 census, the state added new residents at a rate twice as high as California. The data also reflects what has been previously reported the most popular destination for californians who move out of their state is texas
0: all right darby you want me to go you go you go first texas is getting californicated not, no
3: it's not getting californicated so don't it's not happening so i would probably just go i would probably say verified colon texas beat california that would get a lot of close or i would probably say california restrictions strangle um... strangle residents uh... california restrictions uh... push residents to texas
1: what about california californication question mark
0: i've already said mine So. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do Californication because the people who are coming
3: are fleeing um, the restrictions and they're, uh, and so they're, they're left likely. So but refugees? A big thing that California the,
1: refugees? Yeah, they
3: the yeah, refugees from oh. California. Oh my <laughs> gosh, beautiful. Californian refugees flee restrictions.
0: Okay, he's going with California refugees with the assist from little sister. I'm just going to sit this out. That was what she said over the break. (laughs) I'm just going to set this one out. And mine is Texas is getting California fornicated.
2: All right, what's the next one? (laughs) Okay, here's here here is our next story. You know the story. A 30 year old man in New York gets evicted by his parents who tried to help him move out in February by offering him. $1,100 and a two-week notice. He took his parents to court, saying he needed six months, and lost. The man, Michael Rotondo, also is a father, by the way, does not have a job, and that's part of the reasoning for why he isn't prepared to move out. At the same time, he says he doesn't have a job because he's focused on being a father, but he lost custody of his child, and he's told multiple publications in the last few days that he's working on getting visitation right back Well, maybe this will help. Villa Italian Kitchen is offering Rotondo a job, and not only that, but $1,101 too. One dollar more than his parents had offered him. The chief operating officer of the quick-serve pizza brand that operates at nearly 250 locations nationwide has said the company feels for millennials and understands life isn't easy.
0: Where did this happen? It was in New York. New York? Okay. All right, you're uh, up. Okay, right. here's
2: mine. I will. After Obama
3: tells. It, after Obama forces insurance companies to see man as child, comma, <laughs> man
2: behaves that way. <laughs> Okay. Um, Oh, I got one. How about me? Millennial poster boy gets the boot. I got one. That's pretty good, and you're the judge, so you're going to get the (laughs) judges.
1: I'm a millennial. Y'all, people are giving, y'all got to stop throwing the millennial card around. But you're not the
2: poster boy. They threw it out there.
1: It's tired. It's so tired. Millennials, we are sick Uh, of being associated with the lazy bombs. Okay. I'm putting that out there right
0: now. So here's mine. Villa Italian Kitchen soon to close.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: <laughs> All right,
2: what's up next? <laughs> okay. Uh, I like that one. Uh, when Lupe Valdez won the Democratic gubernatorial nomination in Texas on Tuesday night, she became the first Latina and first openly gay person nominated by a major party for governor in the state. After a strong showing in the primary back in March, the former Dallas County Sheriff narrowly Andrew, narrowly beat Andrew White, son of former Texas Governor Mark White, in the runoff election. Now the 70-year-old running on a progressive platform faces a tough fight against the well-funded Republican Governor Greg Abbott in November, one many say she can't win. And though it's been nearly 30 years since Texas voters has sent a Democrat it's been over 30, million, uh, Texas voters have sent a Democrat to lead their state, Valdez is confident. She talked with Time this week about their her, her historical Historical historic candidacy using discrimination as a stepping stone and how she plans to swing the state. Brandon, you are up. Rainbows and unicorns.
3: <laughs> <colon>. <laughs> senior woman runs. Senior woman runs just for fun.
0: Uh, I'm conceding with my laughter. No, uh things are getting loopy in Texas.
2: That's Oh my god. <laughs> wow.
0: Rainbows and unicorns. Right. Oh Colin. Colin. I think it's
2: Colin. Okay. All
0: right, what's next? All right,
2: here's our final one. No, no, no. We got we got we got two more. We got two okay, more. Fine. This is this one's fine. Uh out of Beaumont, Texas. According to the Associated Press, federal authorities say a 40-year-old military veteran has been arrested in connection with two explosive devices found in southeast Texas in recent weeks. A probable cause affidavit says investigators found bomb components and mailing materials linked Jonathan Matthew Torres to devices while executing a search warrant Thursday in his Beaumont home. Torres was arrested on Thursday. A device exploded May 10th outside an Episcopal church, shattering windows and causing other damage, but no one was hurt. Another device that did not detonate was found April 26th outside a Starbucks. Torres has been charged with using an explosive to cause property damage, possession of an unregistered destructive device, and mailing threatening communication. He is scheduled to appear in court May 29th. If convicted, Torres faces up to 20 years in prison. Jay Leeson.
0: <sighs> Former, what, where do you, did they say which branch he served in? Uh,
2: no, the story did not say. Okay. Military, um, military veteran is all it said.
0: Okay. This one's hard to make fun of, first of all. Um, so I'm going to go with military veteran... Starbucks. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw Darby a softball here. Military, crazy military veteran only faces up to 20 years for being crazy. That's all I got, Darby. Both,
3: both. Um, U.S. lawmakers, Forrest. Is the
2: error in lack of funding for veteran health? Mm, wow! Wow! How's that. You know, this is you were talking about military health and, and mental health. The the Lubbock County judge uh, under the, the judge's jurisdiction is mental health cases, and so um, you know the the uh, military, especially, we're seeing a marked increase. In uh, mental health cases, from from our heroes who are coming back from serving, and so this this is definitely an issue that's very close and and very near and dear to my heart as well.
0: I think that's Curtis Parrish's way of saying you won that round.
3: Darn. I think so. Uh, you know that that's a that's actually a, a something I think about quite a bit, and I think it's fitting that we're having this conversation uh, inadvertently uh, in this conversation on um, this weekend. Um, mm. Yes. So there's, there's obviously a, a lack of concern or a lack of resources for veterans, you know. Um, I think, obviously, most people returning don't behave this way, uh, and maybe some of the issue is, is better screening about who we train to use explosives and, and who we allow in the military. Um, but I do think that, you know, that, that there are people who are prone um, to breaking down and we can put them in certain situations and they can come home and, and have some real problems and I think that we should have more resources for them you know it's easy for people to give a lot of uh, lip service to, to veterans and uh, especially war veterans but very few actually put uh, resources into helping them
0: hmm. good word that's something to
2: get into later Okay, here is our final story. Uh Uh-huh. And the crowd goes wild. Lakewood, Washington. Talk about gunning the engine. Authorities say a driver near Tacoma, Washington, saw an object strike the front of his car during his evening commute on Wednesday. When he stopped for gas 18 miles later, he discovered it was a handgun. The weapon was embedded in his bumper, barrel-end first, with the trigger sticking out just below the driver's side headlight. Washington State Patrol Trooper Guy Gill says the driver notified troopers who recovered the gun, which was missing its magazine. They turned it over to the police in the city of Lakewood to investigate where it came from. Gill calls it, quote, a completely bizarre way to recover a weapon, unquote. He says the driver didn't know the gun had fallen or had been thrown from an overpass or from another vehicle.
0: Okay, I'll go. Um, I'm going to use the Darby colon. <laughs> Completely bizarre, Washington State Trooper to be cast as the next Captain Obvious. That's mine.
3: <laughs> All right. I'm going to go.
0: I'm going to go with.
3: God gives man three guns, <laughs> comma. Man rejects offer. Oh man. You no, know, I'm just saying if I'm driving up the road and I get somewhere and there's a graph or something, you know, on my bumper, like that's a gift from God. Okay? That's a that is a an act of God that I have a new fire on. That's it's how I would look at that.
0: Raining it's raining guns. Okay. Alright, Judge, get out your gavel. You've heard the evidence.
2: You read you, the bona fides. You were right going in. <laughs> I had an unbiased view about this. Brandon is the headline king. Yes. A hundred percent. Thank you, Judge. There Thank you. Are you surprised?
0: Brandon Darby, Am are I you surprised? surprised? Yeah. It's it's your big. No, I'm I'm surprised that my cow hasn't had her calf yet. Well,
3: that's what I'm surprised by. That's what's on my mind, buddy. I I love this cow. Like I have I have this cow, Millie, as many of the listeners know, she's a milk cow, she's a Jersey. Um, uh, She's pregnant. Uh, We don't know exactly when. The the only uh, indicator I have of when is uh, of a due date is um, from Dr. Hill sticking his arm in her rear end and going Ah, probably mid to late May. That's about all I have and uh as folks know it's affected the last month or so of my of my career. Like I've I've uh pushed <laughs> off travel to the border to Mexico, uh even for big assignments simply because I don't want my cow to be alone just in case she needs it. Um
0: did the cartels so, impregnate your milk cow just to distract you Yeah, You, it, you know milk what, milk
3: it's actually been a gift to the cartels. But um because I haven't been down there But, but uh, other than a few days I've spent in Arizona uh, In the last month But um, it, it has been very tricky you know? and, and again this goes back to You know I could probably call the vet out With the vets in Abernathy um, You know there's Too few large animal vets In this area uh, You know to, to help out with this kind of Situation and, and the cost of calling The vet out from Abernathy uh, Is a little high you know, it's, uh, every time I get a concern, so um, not that that bet charges too much by any means, but it's just a long trip, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, it, it's just a, a a situation where I'm convinced once more people get involved in small farming and small ag in this area, then we will eventually take care of that. But as it, as it stands right now, there's too few resources available for for um, for people who want to have. A cow or two, and want to want to engage in small ad production.
0: Somewhere, Bob Duncan is nodding his head. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, he's saying that's right, hundred percent right. No, it's a hundred
3: percent right, and they they need to figure out some way to have some kind of techs or something who work under the few small uh, uh, large animal vets we have, so that this is something that more people can do, you know, like like that, that's what's termed nationally right now for people, especially urban people, uh, to move out to the country for the first time, and they're buying 10 to 20 acres, some even fewer, and they're trying to participate, and in, um, in, obviously they're not going to make a, a, a major living doing it, but they're trying to supplement their incomes, they're trying to participate in food to, uh, you know, uh, farm-to-table to uh, uh, economies, And, uh, you know, I think that we need to put a little resources, a little effort, uh, even if it's not, you know, obviously not tax dollars, but we need to put a little effort into uh, making sure that that's something people can do. I mean, you know, think about these little towns around here where the largest employers are, the major ag interests and the public school system, and there's a whole bunch of people who have a little bit of land, um, a little bit of land that they could do a little bit of something with. And it would be a major economic boom uh, to the economies around Lubbock uh, if 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 there were, you know, a little more assistance, uh, a little more aid, even if it was a private endeavor, uh, you know, to, to build up the, the, the ag producers.
0: Well, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, take up that argument next week, now that all this other stuff's passed. And right on that vet school, I'm going to go home, get get the dishwashing gloves and tape. I'm going to get the gorilla tape and put a trash bag above it. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to see where that cow is. Yeah, you, you, you got you to gown up all
2: yeah. the way to the, the, the
0: shoulder. Put it over my head. Hey, I'll see you here in a little bit, Brandon Darby. Thanks for coming on, buddy.
3: Thank you, guys. Nice to meet you. Have a good, a
0: good day. Best of this week was on Tuesday night, just before the Democratic gubernatorial race was called. For Loopy Valdez, this commercial hits YouTube and then began to hit TVs around the state. I want you to listen for, we'll listen to about 45 seconds of it, but about 30 seconds from now, you might recognize the voice. You
3: understand not
0: saying that you would take it off the table means that you're open to it? Yes. So you are saying you are open to increasing taxes? Yes. So, changing course, she would not look at
1: raising taxes. That, no, I would not look at that. That, I mean... Well,
3: that's different (laughs) from what you said earlier.
2: I thought Valdez's answers were vague and, you know, but that's plagued her campaign. That's Mm -hmm. been the thing all along.
0: A cannonball will not sink faster than Lupe Valdez. Yeah, I, r- I recognize that voice. There you go. They, they totally took it on. <laughs>
2: you did a cannonball reference. That's what
0: you did. It's amazing what they will. So, there we go. We're on the big time now. Other side of Texas going into statewide ads. I'm calling uh, as we sign off here. Can you make a prediction in that race? I put yeah. Wendy Davis, I believe, got, who I've said, Lupi Valdez will make Wendy Davis look like Machiavelli by the time this thing's done. But I believe Wendy brought in about thirty-nine, forty percent
2: of the vote. Yeah, I think it was about sixty forty. Was was the final? I'll for, do for the, the governor.
0: I'm going to set the over under at twenty nine. You over or under? Valdez versus Abbott. Hmm. I I mean you've already been, you've already won, so you can be you can be honest here.
2: Well I I, I tell you I, I do support the governor. I I, I support him. Uh you know, when when he was attorney general, I I thought he was a great attorney general. One <laughs> of one of the things I, I liked what he said is what what is the job of attorney general? He says I get up in the morning, I sue the Obama administration, and then I go home at the end of the day. And uh and I think yeah, governor said that like all the time. Yeah, all the time, and and I think that was. Uh, I I like Governor Abbott, and I like the things that that he proposed, and uh, especially if he is if he is going to stand up for unfunded mandates, I will stand with him. So I I I wish him the best. I and and I think uh, I think the state of Texas is in good hands with the with Governor but Abbott.
0: Twenty nine over under, Valdez gets twenty nine percent of the vote.
2: I will go. I'll go under. Okay. I think. I think seventy-five twenty-five. If we see that, that that might be pretty pretty
0: huge. Yeah. Golly. I I think you'll see historic. Well, you won't be able to. Well, maybe you will. Would you be able and I, and to I, track I, Democrats in the general? Will I? Will we track Democrats? No. Are we able to track Democratic voters in the general election? People. I guess you could take people who voted in the primaries and then cross-reference with those who vote well, in Well, you know,
2: we, we saw the Democrats have, have an increase in, in some of the primaries, especially in some of our large urban mm-hmm. uh, cities. Uh, we we did see a an, an increase, at least in some Democratic numbers there. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I think that will be very interesting, and, and this is like long-term going forward, this is the last year for straight-party voting. Yeah. Uh, straight-party voting it will be eliminated for the 2020 election. So um, I think I think all bets are off come 2020 to see how those numbers I, shift without, without straight-party voting. And they
0: changed that because of the Democratic straight voting in the larger metropolitan areas because Republicans are in control and people scratch their heads. Why would you do that? Well, because they're losing so badly. But I have a hard time believing that Valdez is going to get A lot of Metro people excited. I I have a very hard time believing that. Metro Democrats. But we'll leave that for the next time you come in. Republican nominee for county judge without a Democratic opponent. Or just county judge elect. Curtis Parrish, thank you for taking this hour with us, bud. Thank you very much. It was fun. And uh, we will be back. We're going to push off on Monday with everybody else. And get back on Tuesday with... Our best and worst of the Memorial Day weekend with Lubbock Police Department. And we'll begin to say our long goodbye to little sister Lauren Hunt. bye Hey, until then, other side of Texas.com, other side of Texas Facebook, at City, OSTX Show on Twitter. Show we'll see you next time. Shots
2: rang out I home,
3: so I hit behind a dumpster in